This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. Hello and welcome to the Girl Fit Method podcast. I'm your host, Natasha Wakefield, and I am here to help you take charge of your health, get empowered, and ultimately become the best version of yourself. Let's go. Hello and welcome back to the Girl Fit Method podcast. On today's podcast episode, I am doing a Q&A. I will also be announcing who the Gymshark voucher winner is for this month as well, but I'll be announcing that towards the end of the podcast episode. So make sure you hang around to hear that. And I was thinking today, I'm going to add in a little segment at the beginning of every episode, and that is going to be my recommendation. And I'm going to have like a little chime that comes in now, and I haven't decided what it is yet. So incoming. All right. Recommendation for the week. Now I've talked about this on my Instagram. By the way, my recommendation could be absolutely anything, but this week it is going to be Lash Growth Serum. Now, I thought this was a complete hoax, but let me tell you, I've been using, the brand that I've been using is two actually, Lash Therapy, which is an Australian brand, and then the other one I think is based in the UK, and that's called Silly George, and that stuff works. Trust me, my eyelashes like have grown so much And I also mentioned this on my Instagram that I had to trim them. (laughs) I literally had to trim the outside, my outside lashes because they were so long. So that is my recommendation for the week. Go buy some because it works. And it's way cheaper than getting eyelash extensions. You know, less commitment. Highly recommend. All right. So I'm going to get stuck straight into these Q&A. I've got a whole range of different questions. I've got some really interesting ones in here as well that aren't necessarily related to health and fitness, but let's get stuck into it. Okay, so first one. How to understand that sometimes it's normal to overeat and accept that some periods of your life you will be lighter and then others you will be heavier. So I guess this is about coming to terms with the different seasons in your life and what your body's going to look like throughout those seasons and also learning to show yourself grace when, I don't know, sometimes you just like enjoy yourself. Especially around this time of year, we've got Christmas and so many different social events. It can be a time where we feel really anxious and we can have feelings of guilt. And I did record a podcast episode recently all on how to overcome food guilt. So if that's something that you really struggle with, make sure you go listen to that. But the truth is, is that like nothing stays consistent. And I was doing a check-in with a client this week and she wrote down, there was um, a question around what she felt like she didn't achieve for this week. And she said, I didn't hit my macros perfectly. And I was like, you're never going to hit your macros perfectly. And I think that's the first step is understanding if you can, if you can lower your expectations that you set for yourself and understand it's all just a part of life, You'll never be able to do things perfectly. You will never hit your calories or your macros perfectly. You're going to have times where you overeat or whatever the scenario is, you don't get a workout in. That's like just life. And what you want to remind yourself is that food and exercise doesn't control your life, but you are in control of food and exercise, right? And once that starts to get skewed and that maybe flips, that's probably a massive red flag that your relationship with food isn't great and... I'd highly recommend you seeking someone that is a professional in that space. I've had on Mind Food Steph quite a lot and she works a lot with binge eating and girls that do have issues with eating disorders and disordered eating. And sometimes it's not actually about the physical. It's not about 
what we're eating. It's not about how much we're exercising, but it's about what's going up in our minds, right? And if we don't fix that, then all of these superficial stuff, following your macros, doing your workouts, really isn't going to solve your issue. Your issue comes down to your relationship with food. Now, I've kind of gone off track there, but basically you just need to accept that that's life. Like life, we can't control and there are times when our body's going to change. But if you have that respect for yourself and if you make a choice and a decision that regardless of what your body looks like, you're deserving of good things and you're enough, then you understand that in different times, you know, you're going to feel maybe uncomfortable in your body. You're not going to look the way that you want to look and that's okay because ultimately that's not where your value lies. Okay, next question. I'm reverse dieting right now. Will I gain weight or get bigger? Um, uh, For sure. So I'm assuming this person is saying, is it for every single person that reverse diets, do they gain weight and do they get bigger? Well, the answer to that is that reverse dieting is, um, you're going to be increasing your calories, right? So regardless, you will always gain weight. And that is because as soon as you start to eat more, you will weigh more. Purely because you've actually got more food in your belly. I talk about this a lot in a different, in a whole range of different um, episodes prior. So that's always going to be a given. But I guess probably what you're asking here is, are you going to gain body fat? And by bigger, do you mean gain body fat, right? Now, three things happen during a reverse diet. You've got things stay the same. So weight, just remember, weight will always increase in all of these three scenarios. One of these scenarios, you will stay the same, right? So your body fat or your body composition will stay relatively the same. You can potentially build some more muscle. So you might find that your muscle mass increases, but ultimately you kind of just hover around where you are now. And that's probably the most common. The second option is you do gain some body fat and that is also very common. And the reason for this is because usually, and it really does depend on the situation, but if you are coming from a restrictive background or, uh, and you're looking to increase your maintenance calories, then there's a really good chance that you may need to gain a little bit of body fat in order to do that. And that doesn't mean that it needs to stay. Sometimes it does in order for you to be healthy and to maintain the way that you look to be able to eat a good amount of food. And then sometimes it's a matter of your body kind of feeling safe. It does hold on to a little bit of body fat and down the track you can lose that, right? That's the second option. The third option is sometimes people do lose body fat. Now I would say like these people are hyper responders and probably the minority. And the reason for that is essentially as for some people, as they start to eat more, they will unknowingly subconsciously move more. And as a result of that, as we're increasing calories, we're actually still in a calorie deficit. That's usually the case for people that are new to the gym or that haven't had a history of under-consuming. But a lot of that does come down to genetics as well. So as hard as it is, I think focusing on what might happen is just going to make the process more scary and is going to feel harder to do where if you can let go of that and if you can think long term zoom out look at the big picture and think why am I doing this in the first place then that's what's going to keep you focused if you're worrying so much about what the outcome's going to be you're essentially living in the future and what has happened or what you're fearing might happen hasn't actually happened at all right and there's no point in dwelling on that what you want to think about is setting yourself up for long-term success and if you've decided that's what you need to do in order to do that, I don't want you to be thinking about gaining fat. And listen, 
when things are done controlled and properly, it, this is not like this is not you gaining 10, 20 kilos of fat. Like we're talking a few kilos. I think back um, to my experience and I reckon I gained about five kgs and I was I was also working on balancing out my hormones and I needed to gain weight as well. So that was a part of my process and that's just the way that it is. But what I got as a result of that, the freedom that I found through that was just like counteracted any kind of fear that I had around gaining weight. And what's really funny is that I remember doing it and feeling terrified of gaining weight. But once I was on the other end of it, I was like, I actually don't even care that I gained weight. Like I've gained back my life and that's the most important thing. And that's essentially really what you want to be doing. Quick interruption. So if you want to win a $100 Gymshark voucher, I give one away per month to anyone that leaves a rating review and subscribes to the podcast. All you need to do is take a screenshot of that rating review, send it to me on Instagram at girlfitmethod podcast Instagram page and you will go into the running. All right, back to the podcast. Okay, next question. Um, uh, is it safer to start with um, calorie cutting your calories postpartum or when is it safe to start cutting your calories postpartum and working out? Great question. Okay, so... The first thing is you need to get cleared from your doctor or obstetrician, whoever you are working with. Now, general rule of thumb is about six weeks and that also depends on what your delivery was. So whether you had um, a cesarean, for me, I had a cesarean, which meant that I had to, you know, take things a little bit slower. The other thing to keep in mind as well is I always advise girls to go and see a women's physio and to get checked properly and that means being checked internally because what we can do is if we have a kid and then we rush back to exercise we can exacerbate potential issues that we have that we're not aware of so what's best with postpartum in particular working out is making sure you're doing things the right way so you're setting yourself up for success and building a really strong foundation because your body's actually been through so much now when it comes to nutrition the one thing that we want to keep in mind um and I'll just say don't rush into a calorie deficit if you've just had a baby. You are going to need to hold on a little bit of body fat, especially if you're breastfeeding, because you need to have um, body fat in order to produce that breast milk. So that's really important to understand. You will also naturally lose weight over the next, I'd say like three to six months, right? But if you do want to go into an active calorie deficit, I would say this is the time to do it very, to, to only drop calories slightly. If you drop calories too quickly, your body is still recovering from growing a baby, from birth, and we don't want to add additional stress to that. And then to add on to that as well, you need, you need to be getting calories in in order to produce that breast milk. So starting really slow is important. When it's very dependent on the person. I would be giving myself at least um, a couple of months before even thinking about doing that and just watch how your body changes and watch how your body responds because you will naturally begin to lose a bit of weight as well. Try not to rush the process as much as you possibly can. I know it can be hard. For me, I really felt like I was getting back into my normal body at least 12 months after having Sunny. It took a really long time for me and that didn't mean I went back to exactly what I looked like, but I just felt more, I felt like I recognised myself more. It takes time. The worst thing you can do is really rush it. Okay, so cortisol imbalances. Next question. And weight loss. 
how to handle the two. Okay, so cortisol is a hormone that is released when um, it's a stress response, right? Cortisol is actually not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, and it actually doesn't make us feel bad either, but it's when we have chronic high levels of cortisol that then negatively impacts our health, right? Now, the thing to think about is that when we go into a calorie deficit, we want to lose body fat, your body always thinks of that as a stress, right? So it's always stressed out regarding like, my goodness, I'm not getting enough food here to be able to maintain my current body composition, my current weight, my current body fat percentage, right? So that's the first thing to think about. So regardless of whether you need to lose fat in order to feel healthier, your body still will see that as a stress. Now, if you stay in a prolonged calorie deficit, what that can do is continuously sort of keep those cortisol levels high and then make fat loss in the future really quite difficult as well. The other thing to consider is that if you are already very stressed out, so you you live a really high stressful life, your body's not in a place where it's ready for a calorie deficit, we talk about this a lot. So we really talk about how setting yourself up for a successful diet starts with what your diet looked like prior. And that is because if you're going into it stressed, you're just adding additional stress. And all that does is actually make fat loss much harder. So, you know, there's some things in our lives, I guess, that we can't control when it does come to external stresses. So trying to control them as much as possible. But I would say in order to, the things that you can control if you feel like your cortisol levels are chronically high all the time, would be to have a look at the kind of training that you're doing. So really cutting out high intensity training and making sure that you haven't been chronically under eating as well, because that's going to cause a lot of stress. And also your relationship with food too. If you are in a binge restrict cycle, that's going to cause a lot of psychological stress, a lot of physical stress on your body too. And the most important thing is to heal that relationship with food before going back into a calorie deficit. This person asked for financial tips, (laughs) which is very broad. Uh, And I don't think I'm qualified to give financial tips. All I would say in that department is I, for me, um, I, what's been really interesting is, is people's relationship with money and how it differs so much. And I think a lot of that comes down to our upbringing. For me, I had a lot of instability financially in my family growing up. So the most important thing for me is to provide stability for myself, to be dependent and dependent on myself and independent financially. I think especially as women, that's really important. Um, I think the um, the largest um, percentage of people that are homeless are women over the age of 50. And that is because they stayed at home, they didn't work. And then once you know they got older, maybe they got divorced and they had no superannuation. They had none of their own income, neither did they have skills that they had kept up with in the workplace. So financial independence to me is really important. And I think it it really comes down to what kind of life that you want to lead. For me, like I'm not very materialistic. I don't really care. I'd much rather, like I said, have money in the bank for a rainy day rather than have really expensive handbags, but then panicking because I can't pay my rent. Um, So that's just my opinion. But, you know, you do you. All right. I'm going to answer a couple more questions. Um, Alrighty. So, oh, this is another one. Tips for creating your own business online. How to find the quote unquote idea. Good question. So, for me, 
it kind of happened organically, to be honest with you. I shifted careers. I came from a social work community services background where I worked with in particular disadvantaged young people. I'd gotten to the point there where I had felt like I had reached my potential. It was no longer fulfilling me and I wanted a change and I had this real passion for health and fitness. I transitioned over into that with the intention of not working online, working face-to-face and then COVID hit, which then meant I had to think on my feet and think, okay, well, I quit my job, which I had all this security with that, you know, I was getting a, you know, a good wage. I didn't have to worry about money or hours to working for myself and I had to make it work because I couldn't go and work in a gym. And so that's kind of how it happened for me. I have learnt so much since then and it has been the biggest learning curve and has been an absolutely wild ride. I'd say it's very difficult to run your own business but also so incredibly fulfilling. So when it comes to the idea, I think the most important thing is doing something you're passionate about because if you're not passionate about it, trust me, if you want to run your own business, you will give up because it gets really tough. And the thing that has kept me going in the times that I've struggled is I've gone back to my why and I've realised that deep down I absolutely love what I do and that's been the thing that has pushed me forward. So making sure that you really you really love what you do and you're passionate about what it is you want to provide. Psst, I just need to share a quick message with you all. So listen, if you are stuck under eating, over-exercising and seeing no changes in your body and you are ready to make that change, head down to the show notes. We have an application form for our one-on-one coaching program that includes our three-phased coaching method that has helped women across the world find food freedom and improve the look of their body. All right, back to the podcast episode. The next thing to think about is I would definitely be seeking out a mentor and learning as much as you possibly can. If you can work with a business mentor, someone that's reputable, there's lots of sharks out there, but you want to learn from people that have been there and are where you want to be. But even if you're not in the position to be able to do that, honestly, YouTube, there are so many different resources now. There's so many amazing books as well um, that you can look into. So I would say make sure that you consult people, learn from other people and then find something you're super passionate about. I love that question. Okay, this is going to be, I'll do two more questions and then we will end the podcast episode and I'll reveal who the Gymshark voucher is, winner is. Okay, so um, nutritional lifestyle exercise advice for a woman with hypothyroid condition. Okay, so hypothyroidism Um, is a condition that affects the thyroid and it absolutely can impact your ability to lose body fat. Now, it doesn't make it impossible and I've got a whole podcast episode on this and in fact, myself and Coach Julie have just created a course on this specifically. So autoimmune conditions as well as thyroid conditions and weight loss and how to do it. So let's talk about why it can be more challenging. And the reason it can be more challenging is just going back to what I spoke about regarding your body being in a stress state. When your body isn't working at its full capacity, let's just say, so things aren't ticking along perfectly and if you have a thyroid condition, then it isn't, then once again, your body's a little bit sensitive and it can already be in this heightened state of stress, let's just say. And so the approach that you really want to take to losing body fat is going to change a little bit. And that's because we really want to manage 
your body and the stress it may be potentially feeling. So steering clear of things like any kind of real high intensity training, I would say any kind of um, any kind of uh, endurance cardio as well. Um, and even with weight training, you really like for majority of people, three days a week is perfect. And then walking will make you strong, healthy, like that's all you really need. And it's always going to be a little bit of a balancing act when it comes to doing enough and then not doing too much with exercise. Now with nutrition, there's a few other things that can play a part in this as well. For some people, insulin resistance and not necessarily with hypothyroidism, but all different kind of autoimmune diseases as well as thyroid conditions. Sometimes our body doesn't, isn't able to use uh, carbohydrates the way that someone that was completely healthy would. So sometimes we want to have a look at maybe slightly reducing them or making sure that we're having um, less processed carbohydrates. Following a anti-inflammatory diet is really important too. So including things like lots of lean proteins uh, as well as omega-3s. So fatty fish are really helpful here. And focusing on a diet rich of different fruits and vegetables will also be really helpful for you. Basically just stripping it back. Like there is no real magic formula here, but when we talk about even dairy and gluten, for some people in that situation, because their body's a little bit more sensitive, then excluding those foods can sometimes also be beneficial. So not impossible, and this also doesn't uh, apply to every single person who has a thyroid condition, but if you're finding it really hard to lose body fat, that could be the reason, as well as the other thing, which is if you're on medication as well to control your thyroid condition, that can also make fat loss a little bit more difficult. And that's something you're going to have to probably try to manage with your doctor. Um, and obviously we all want to get to a place where well, you would anyway, if this is you, where you don't need to be medicated for it, but sometimes you just need to, for a time, we've had lots of girls work with us that have been medicated for it and have been able to get off it, which is really wonderful because we've been able to manage it through lifestyle choices. Um, but that also can definitely play a role. All right, last question. Any tips on how to avoid feeling the need to restrict after a vacation? Okay, so this is probably going to really apply as well to the silly season, to all the social events that we have where you feel like you may be quote unquote overindulged and then feel like you need to make up for it. Let me tell you the worst thing that you can do is come home and restrict and overexercise to make up for the damage that you've done. Because the first thing is, is you've done no damage whatsoever. Once again, if I can get you, I, what I wish I could do for all of you is snap my fingers and clear your brain of any kind of past beliefs that you have with believing foods are good and bad. Because if you could clear out all that clutter in your mind and all of that fear, then you would be able to make really logical decisions. What you'd be able to do is go, okay, I enjoyed myself on vacation. I ate foods that I wouldn't eat on a daily basis, maybe because they don't provide me with the kind of energy or they make me, they make me feel um, as energized as I would like, but I really enjoyed them. Awesome. I'm going back to routine and you won't think about it again. However, where things go wrong is that you ruminate about it, you have fear about it, then you take action that is really essentially self-sabotaging yourself, right? Because what you're doing is you're punishing yourself for really essentially doing nothing wrong, just enjoying yourself and feeling like because you've done something wrong, now you need to make up for it. Where if you can come to a place where you understand that's just life once again, then 
then it's not so much of a big deal. Talk about the goldfish mentality, right? Forget what happened. Goldfish have terrible memories. They forget things in instantly. We want to forget about what's happened in the past. We can't change that. All we can do is make the best decisions we possibly can right now. And regardless of what you ate yesterday, regardless of what you ate for a full week, for a full month, you deserve to eat today. You deserve to treat your body respectfully and move in a way that is respectful to your body as well. Trying to compensate for overeating is only probably going to lead to more binging anyway. So it's really counterproductive. You need to work on your relationship with food. Sit in the uncomfortable, regardless of how you're feeling, because you're going to feel uncomfortable and understand that it's life. There are seasons. You enjoyed yourself. That's awesome. Get back on track. Start fueling your body with the foods that make you feel good. Move your body in a way that makes you feel good and forget the rest. Okay. We are almost done with this episode. I am going to announce this week's Gymshark voucher. Can I just say, oh my goodness, I've received so many DMs of support of follows, giving me five-star ratings, leaving Apple podcast reviews, and that means the absolute world. I've had so many girls say, I don't know how to leave a written review on Spotify. You can't. You can't yet, but you can leave a five-star review. So if you listen on Spotify, please do leave a five-star review. It would mean the world. Okay, so... The winner of this month's Gymshark voucher winner is, drum roll please, we have the lovely Hillary. Hillary, oh, who's actually a fellow coach, Hillary Weight Loss RN is your Instagram handle. Please send me a DM and I'll get that Gymshark voucher through to you. She left a uh, an Apple podcast review. She wrote, I don't listen to podcast. Oh, that's actually the message she sent me. Ignore that. Hehe. <laughs> She said, uh, came just to hear about why not to reverse diet after a deficit and now I'm excited to learn and to listen to all the other episodes. Yay, I'm so happy you've enjoyed that, Hilary. Thank you so much, guys. If you want to go into the running to win the Gymshark voucher for next month, all you need to do is leave that rating or a review, screenshot it. Oh, also make sure that you're following the podcast, screenshot it, send it to me on DMs and you will go into the running. All right, guys, that is it for me. Until next week, big love, Coach Tash.